From the food we eat, the air we breathe, the land we dwell, to the health of our body and mind and the well-being of all things in the universe. Unlock the science with Chula Radio Plus. Welcome to Unlock the Science. I'm Virada Salim. In the past few decades, the world has been getting warmer at a very rapid pace. Temperatures are rising, resulting in unpredictable weather and climate extremes such as heat waves, severe droughts, heavy rains, floods, or even cyclones. The greenhouse gases that are causing climate change are emitted from various human activities, such as electricity and heat generation, agriculture, transportation, deforestation, and manufacturing. Evidently, energy production is mainly responsible for greenhouse gas emissions, with coal being the significant contributor. The Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, or IPCC for short, a United Nations body for assessing the science related to climate change, launched an assessment report in August 2021 with this one being the sixth in a series of reports about knowledge on climate change, its causes, potential impacts, and response options. Specifically, the report entails the current conditions, the impacts of human-induced climate change, and ongoing or future mitigation efforts. It provides necessary information to policymakers, public institutions, and private sectors to tackle climate change. The IPCC also issued a code rate for humanity, highlighting the immense risks to the planet and billions of people if we do not slash the carbon emissions and try to maintain the rising of global temperature to 1.5 degrees Celsius compared to the mean temperature from pre-industrialization era. To do so, we need to scale up electric vehicles and transition to greener buildings, industry, land, and cities. And among all other approaches, energy transition is required. This means the global energy sector will need to move away from fossil fuel-based energy production, such as coal, oil, and natural gas, and move toward renewable energy in order to achieve zero carbon by the second half of the century. What exactly is renewable energy? Renewable energy is derived from the Earth's natural resources that are not finite or exhaustible. There are many types of renewable energy, such as solar, wind, geothermal, hydrogen, and biomass. A report of the IPCC also found that despite of variations, many countries have switched from coal to gas and increased the usage of renewables. This means that the carbon intensity is likely to decrease if we could reduce the expansion of coal. Clearly, the IPCC recommends countries transition from fossil fuels to low or zero carbon energy sources such as renewable energy as a climate mitigation effort. There is also an upward trend in adopting more renewables in different regions and countries. For example, the United States Energy Information Administration reported that in 2021, the United States used approximately 20% of renewable sources compared to its total energy consumption, while 19% was nuclear energy and 61% was fossil fuels. As for Europe, 
More renewable energy was reportedly generated than energy from other sources in 2021, accounting for 40.8 percent, followed by nuclear energy 30.5 percent, fossil fuel 14.6 percent, natural gas 7.2 percent, oil 3.7 percent, and non-renewable waste 2.4 percent. In Southeast Asia, Fossil fuels, particularly oil and natural gas, make up more than half of the region's energy supply, of which natural gas contributed the largest share of the power generation mix by energy source. According to records of Association of Southeast Asian Nations, or ASEAN, Vietnam has already installed the highest capacity of renewable energy among the 10 member states of the regional grouping. The types of the renewables in the region are bioenergy, geothermal, hydro, wind, and solar. Although there has been more deployment of renewables in the region's energy mix, it's still far from achieving its target to reach carbon neutrality. However, ASEAN countries aim to achieve a 23% renewable energy mix by 2025. For Thailand, the country plans to increase renewables share to up to 32% in its generation mix by 2036. Thus, the need to transition is more urgent than ever, as Southeast Asia is one of the world's most vulnerable regions to global warming. Up next, a local science reporter, Patanan Arun Prichawat, talks to Associate Professor Dr. Patra Porn Kim of Department of Chemical Engineering, Faculty of Engineering, Jilalongkorn University, on renewables in Thailand and what benefits could renewable energy bring to the nation, its people, and the environment. Can you please briefly explain what energy and energy transition are? Um, thank you for the questions. Uh, energy is in our everyday life, and actually energy is not only electricity. We may think that energy is in the form of electricity, but there are actually numerous types of energy around us daily. For example, to use electrical appliances in our homes, we require electrical power. We use it in the refrigerators, washing machine, light bulb, TV, computer, and so on. So this energy is in the form of electrical energy. So to cook our food, we also use energy from LPG combustion in gas stove. So this is uh, to generate caloric or thermal energy, so in another form of energy. To drive our car, we also use energy from fuel combustion, or if you use electric vehicles or EV, you use electricity in battery. So this is based on chemical energy conversion. So actually the energy is in our uh, everyday life, we use it almost all the time. Even when you are sleeping, you open air conditioner, you also consume energy. And energy, uh, tra- energy uh, transition is a concept that we try to move forward renewable energy and to move toward the low carbon energy. Um, we must try to find a way to decarbonize or, and increase the amount of uh, our renewable energy share market to decrease the amount of greenhouse gas emission. So in brief, this is about the energy transformation. What is the current energy situation right now in Thailand? Okay, um, in Thailand, uh, most of our energy consumption is based on oil and gas. So oil, petroleum, and natural gas. So, and also they are partially coming from coal, 
bioenergy and renewable energy as well. So in, uh, in our electricity generation, we use uh, natural gas up to 70% to, uh, to produce electricity and about 17% from coal. And we have hydro and hydropower around 2% and renewable energy about um, 10 to 11%. And when we use the renewable energy, uh, when we use the non-renewable energy, we produce CO2 emission. So Thailand has about 300 million tons of CO2 emission coming from the electricity sector, about 30%, uh, 30 to 36%, and from the transport sector, about up to 30%, and industrial sector, energy consumption, about 30% CO2 emissions. And um, so, um, we, we see the big portion of the electricity and transport sector in Thailand took the share of CO2 emission over the 60%. This is because currently we relied on the fossil fuels such as oil and natural gas and also coal in large quantity. So this is uh, uh, emphasized the importance that the balance of sources of energy in the supply is very important. So as we try to shift away from the fossil fuel to low carbon sources of energy, so we must balance more the, the, the portion of renewable energy in, in future. So what are the challenges for Thailand to adopt these clean energy resources? Um, the main challenge is about the cost. So the cost reduction is a key, which actually could be done through innovative technology development as well as policy instrument or incentive and support from government. Um, for the clean technology, it is one thing important to consider that the carbon emission from the production and processing of the technologies, we have to see if it really does reduce the greenhouse gas emissions in, in overall as well. Okay, and, and what are the benefits <laughs> of renewables in terms of economic, social and environmental impacts? Um, moving toward the renewable energy is a way to decarbonize. So we, we see that in nowadays, increasing the amount of greenhouse gas emission, especially CO2, affect us in many aspects. We heard about the global warming. We witnessed unusual natural disaster. So this all affect us uh, in terms of environment and our living. So for economic effects, many countries have made an agreement in the Conference of Party 21 since 2015 to keep the average global temperature not to rise above two degrees Celsius compared to the pre-industrialization and if possible to keep it about 1.5 degrees Celsius. So we might have, uh, we, we might start to hear about the CBAM. The CBAM stands for Carbon Border Adjustment Mechanism. So this is one of the several tax and carbon price reform proposed as a part of Green Deal in Europe. So when the industry or business in, Thai, in, in Thailand like to export goods or products to Europe from now on, it might not be easy if we don't care about environment. So this uh, definitely affects us in terms of economics. So, um, so in, in short, the renewable energy affects us socially, environmentally, and economically. So we have to adapt ourselves and, and, and try to um, uh, get along with the energy transformation, then it will be 
benefit us. Thank you. That's really informative. And um, in your opinion, as an energy expert, what can or should Thailand do more to accelerate energy transition? So, um, well, there are many important factors toward the energy transition. First of all, the legislation must be there and the policy instrument for the incentive and support also should be there. Funding mechanisms is important. And the most important for the renewable energy is the infrastructure investment. So we have to consider about the infrastructure. We don't have much the gas piping, the gas pipeline, and also does uh, the renewable energy is enough for for the, the consumption in country when we move toward the more, more amount of share market of uh, renewable energy. And two more important thing is knowledge sharing among the, the group of working people and also knowledge sharing to the society about the importance of the energy transformation. And of course, as a point of view of the researcher in university, research and technology development also important to uh, to be supported and everything will have help moving forward the energy transition. That is Unlock the Science reporter Patanan Arun Prichawat talking to Associate Professor Dr. Patraporn Kim of Department of Chemical Engineering, Faculty of Engineering, Jualongkorn University. We will take a short break now. You are listening to Unlock the Science on Chula Radio Plus. In 2021, Thailand was ranked ninth among the countries most affected by extreme weather events on Global Climate Risks Index, published by German Watch, a nonprofit environmental think tank based in Germany. Northern Thailand, which is mountainous and hilly, suffered from severe flash floods affecting at least 300,000 people in 2021. In May 2022. A record-breaking heat wave hit India and Pakistan, resulting in difficulties for the citizens to live their daily lives, damage to agriculture, and even death. The consequences of climate change are not limited to these examples, as climate disasters have been occurring and will continue to occur in all corners of the world. While it is true that both human and non-human beings around the globe are facing the exacerbating climate change, some are more vulnerable than others. The Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, or IPCC, of the United Nations has reported that the global urban population is predicted to grow by 2.5 billion people between now and 2050, with Asia and Africa accounting for 90% of the expansion. As a result of this massive growth, the number of metropolitans whom are especially vulnerable to climate change will skyrocket. Owing to urbanization, about 1 billion people residing in low-lying cities would be at risk of coastal flooding by 2050. Cities in developing countries may be particularly susceptible to such threats. Since their urban growth is usually informal and unplanned, making it difficult to adapt to climate change. Bangkok, for instance, is at risk of being submerged because of sea level rise by the end of the century. Therefore, 
it's more important than ever to have collaborative global action, both public and private sectors, to scale up their efforts to mitigate the climate crisis. In November 2021, global leaders gathered at the 26th United Nations Climate Change Conference of the Parties, or COP26, in Glasgow, the United Kingdom. The goals of COP26 were first to secure global net zero by mid-century and to keep 1.5 degrees Celsius within reach. Second, to adapt to protect communities and natural habitat. Third, to mobilize climate finance at the minimum of 100 billion US dollars. And finally, fourth, to work together to deliver the goals. After weeks of meetings, COP26 concluded the accomplishments in the Glasgow Climate Pact or the Glasgow Pact. Many countries were committed to new climate plans to slash carbon emissions by 2030, limit the temperature rise to 1.5 degrees Celsius, and to achieve a balance between the carbon emitted into the atmosphere and the carbon removed from it, or as everyone calls it, net zero. The participating 197 nations were committed to facing down coal, and only 46 nations agreed to face out coal power at different speeds. Over 100 countries pledged to reduce human-caused methane emissions by 30% between 2020 and 2030. Other agreements were such as curtailing deforestation and accelerating the energy transition. For Thailand, the country pledged to reduce greenhouse gas emissions and achieve carbon neutrality by 2050, and a zero greenhouse gas emissions by 2065. Up next, Dr. Sitisak Suksai Sakon, who graduated from the Environment, Development and Sustainability Graduate School of Chulalongkorn University, talks to Unlock the Science reporter Patanan Arun Prichawat on climate mitigation policy of Thailand and its commitment under COP26, as well as his findings in his doctorate dissertation titled Citywide Greenhouse Gases Mitigation Options to Support Global Climate Goals, Case Studies of Bangkok, Chiang Mai, and Rayong. Chiang Mai is a mountainous and residential province in the north of Thailand, while Rayong is a province housing some major industrial complexes on the eastern coast. What is their overview of Thailand's greenhouse gases emissions? Well, if we if we talking or give giving the uh, the overall picture of the Thailand greenhouse gas emissions situations so of Pato, I think recently in two thousand. 21, Thailand ranked 21st of the world in terms of the annual greenhouse gas emissions and is on the second place in the ASEAN country. But however, the number of the greenhouse gas emissions has risen up significantly by some around 15% from the year 2000. Uh, even though Thailand e- emissions account for around 1% of the total world greenhouse gas emissions. The major contributor for greenhouse gas emissions for Thailand is energy sector, which includes the power generations and transportation sector, as well as the um, energy consumptions on re- uh, residential, commercial, and industrial se- sector, and following by the uh, agriculture sector, which count around 15% of the total greenhouse gas emissions uh, for the 
countrywide and then followed by the industrial process and uh, product use around 9% and waste sectors about 5%. This is very briefly the greenhouse gas emissions for Thailand at the moment. In your opinion, like are these existing policies up to global expectation for Thailand to actually achieve net zero by 2050? Well, that from from the from the questions earlier is kind of like very high level policy commitment, but in terms of the uh, national policy that you already asked, uh, I think there are two major policy for Thailand to achieve the commitment on the greenhouse gas emissions. The first one is Thailand roadmap for the reduction greenhouse gas emissions 2021 to 2030, which is kind of the guideline for the uh, every sector agency, including government and business or private sector in Thailand to implement their own or develop their own the uh, climate mitigation actions in their uh, unit of the community. For example, like the private sector, you may know that so many uh, companies in Thailand at the moment align with this, com- uh, this policy and they are committed to be the net zero emissions company by 2050. So this is kind of the guideline for for all the sector in in our country. And the second policy that I think is very important is is also the key of the, uh, uh, to deliver the the carbon neutrality and net zero emissions uh, is, this is the national energy policy or national energy plan 2022, which considering uh, the energy transitions to the carbon neutrality energy system. And in detail, they, they are increasing, the government considered to increase the, the productions of the electricity from the renewable energy and promote a lot of uh, consumptions on the renewable energy as well. So I think these two policies key is a key policy to bring Thailand to the net zero emissions by their own target. Could you please um, briefly explain um, what is your dissertation about? Yeah, that's that's a that's a good question. So at at the beginning, the research was created from my own assumptions that. Uh, countries cannot be reached their climate goals without any action from the ground level. And this research, I, I took the city representing, representing of the ground level actions in the, this research, which aimed to understanding the greenhouse gas emission pattern, uh, characteristic of the greenhouse gas emissions, identify the opportunity of the mitigation options and to evaluate the performance of the low coal capacity to support Thailand national determined contributions or NDC target and global climate goals, which I really, I mean, uh, happy to find out that what's going on and, and, and what they are, what, what, uh, what, our mic outcome of the dissertations look like. So yeah, that, that's kind of like beefing on 
on my dissertation. What can or should Thailand do to alleviate, you know, the negative impacts of climate change, and that would align with sustainable development goals? Yeah, two key finding that I believe is very important. The first one, in terms of the uh, policy making, we found that uh, where uh, there is a lack of the climate change mitigation policy in the city or subnational level. There are some provinces in some provinces in Thailand has their own climate change mitigation policy, but it's not implemented. And also the province has their own characteristic and different greenhouse gas emission pattern. It means that the implementation policy or, or, or the climate mitigation actions would be different in each provincials. Uh, so the, the development of the provincial policy should take this into account. It means that uh, for the policy maker in the both national and, uh, and sub-national level, they have to understand each other and bring their expertise to help each other because that, because that, that uh, in the research file, my three case study is totally different characteristic on the greenhouse gas emissions and their own best uh, economic why in in the in the in the province. So if you do the the, the same activity or same op, op, options, so it's not bring the successful on your on your implementation on or on on the on your reducing the greenhouse gas emission. This is the first finding on my thesis. And the second one is also very important. So the national climate change mitigation policy, which we already have now, should be more holistic integrated and support the local needs. It is clear that global collaboration from each stakeholder is needed in order to achieve net zero and sustainable development goals. As Associate Professor Dr. Patrapon suggested, Energy transformation is one of the approaches to curb carbon emissions. Increasing the balance of renewable resources will also benefit Thailand socially, environmentally, and economically. Dr. Sitisak also highlighted that not only national policy, but also provincial policy is the key to mitigate the negative impacts of climate change, as each city contributes greenhouse gas emissions differently and therefore requires different solutions. The Thai government should provide technical and financial assistance to these provincial authorities so that they can do business as usual in a more sustainable way and live toward a greener future. Unlock the Science would like to thank Associate Professor Dr. Patrapon Kim of Department of Chemical Engineering, Faculty of Engineering, Chulalongkorn University, and Dr. Sitisak Suksai Sakon, a graduate of the Environment, Development and Sustainability Graduate School of Chulalongkorn University. I hope you enjoy our program. You can listen to Unlock the Science on Jula Radio Plus at FM 101.5 every Saturday from 1 p.m. to 1.30 p.m. You can also listen and follow us on our website, curadio.chula.ac.th, and our Facebook page. Our show is also accessible as podcasts, including on Apple and Spotify. See you again next Saturday. 
Have a nice day. Unlock the Science is edited and produced by Sinfa Tunsorawood. 